and I went into medical sales. I became an orthopedic consultant and worked in the OR teaching doctors how to do like total knee replacements and hip replacements and craniomaxial facial surgery. And I'm, I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I was making super really, like really good money, but I was absolutely miserable. I became one of the statistics. I was one of the 80% of working adults that hated what they did for a job. Welcome to Adulting Decrypted, the show where we break down the complex codes of common conundrums into logical living, an effort to decrypt the code we call adulting. We are your hosts. I'm Gene. And I enjoy theater. My name's Ashton, and I am a percussion major at the University of Utah. I'm Gideon, and I like to ride BMX. I'm Roscoe, the dad. The bald one that's also the financial backer. Today we have a very special guest with us to talk to us about being adults. We'd like to welcome Clint Pulver. We're so excited that you could join us on our Adulting Decrypted podcast. Today we'd like to talk to you about becoming adults. Yeah, right on. Well, uh, shoot, where do I begin? (laughs) I I think that, that, that people need to dream more while they're awake. Uh. Life is is extremely short, and there's so many opportunities. And okay, come, becoming an adult, you know, like what does that mean? What does that mean? You you, you now have a mortgage. Uh, does that mean you you, you reach a certain age? Uh, you have five kids. Like what what does that mean to be an adult? And for me, I've always just uh, you know instead of focusing on okay, I'm an an adult now. It's like how do I live? How do I really live, not just exist? Because most people just exist. If you look at current stats of the workforce in the world, uh, about 80% of working adults hate what they do for a job. That's crazy. I mean, that's a crazy statistic to me. And myself, you know, kind of growing up, I felt like I, I knew what I wanted to do. Much like, yeah, I wanted to be a helicopter pilot. I wanted to fly. I went to flight school. Uh, ended up, you know, pursuing that dream. And then I went on a mission and came home and I had to re- renew my driver's license. So I was 21, and I went to renew that so I could continue on with flight school. And obviously, you just have to renew your driver's license. And I went in to, to do the vision test, and I couldn't pass the vision test. No joke. I went up and put my head in that little black box, and I went to read the letters. I couldn't read the letters. And the lady's like, can you read? And I'm like, yes, I could read. And she's like, well, then I think you're blind. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, listen, honey, you can't read the letters. And all of a sudden, I found myself under house arrest at the DMV. Trying to go, you know, I'm like, I can't leave. She would not let me drive home. I was denied driving privileges. And long story short, I ended up at the University of Utah at the Moran Eye Center uh, with one of the leading authorities in a rare degenerative eye disease known as keratoconus. And as a young 21-year-old kid, I got diagnosed with a pretty severe degenerative eye disease. And as a 21-year-old, I found out my eyes were as bad as an 87-year-old's. And I'm sitting there in that office, and, and then the doc's like, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And I was like, I want to fly. Like, I, I want to be a pilot. Like, I'm in flight school. And he got really serious, and he looked at me, and he's like, dude, listen, kid, it's not going to happen for you. Like, you're going blind. You will lose your sight by the age of 31, 32. I was 21. And I'm like, like, to be told that you're going blind, 
it's crazy. That was a crazy moment for me because there I was as a young kid who literally had my eye on the sky. And then in one moment, everything came crashing down. And I went from having purpose and direction to literally having no clue. And so what do you do when, you, you know, you graduate high school or, you, you know, come home from a mission? You know, what do you do with the rest? Of you? Go to college, right? <laughs> it's kind of a joke. But I went to college and I, I was like, I have no clue what I'm going to do. So I started doing my general education and everyone's like, you got to get the, stabil- the stability, you got to have the stable job, the health benefits, you got to have, you know, a long-term career, you got to be able to, you know, raise a family, got to have a good salary. And I really, I, I bought into that and I was like, okay, well, shoot, I don't know, I, I guess I'll do something that's stable, something that's safe, uh, something that really I might not love, but it's how I'm going to raise a family one day. So I, I ended up kind of chasing the money and I graduated and I had a degree in speech communication and I ended up going into the medical field and I went into medical sales. I became an orthopedic consultant and worked in the OR teaching doctors how to do like total knee replacements and hip replacements and craniomaxial facial surgery. And I'm, I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I was making super really like really good money, but I was absolutely miserable. I became one of the statistics. I was one of the 80% of working adults that hated what they did for a job. And I remember when I was in college, I had a guy, a mentor, who shared with me a quote by Oscar Wilde. And the quote says, to live is the rarest thing in the world. For most people merely exist. And that is all. Like, think about that for a second. To live is the rarest thing in the world. Most people just exist. Most people, they get up, they do the nine to five, they rinse, repeat, do the same thing over again. You know, you come home, you know, you're with the kids, you eat a little dinner, you watch some Netflix, you go to bed, you get up, you do the same thing day in and day out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I am a wandering statistic. I, 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 I am doing something day in and day out that I do not love. And I, it came to the point, I sat down with two of my buddies, we're in a burger joint, hanging out, eating some burgers, fries, talking about life. And I just, out of desperation, I posed to my two buddies. I said, guys, wouldn't it be crazy if you could find a job that allowed you to do three things? What if you could find a career that allowed you to do what you love so it played to your passion? That was the first P. The second P was what if it had the ability to to allow you to provide in a way that was sufficient for you? Because let's be honest, like there's realities to life, like a mortgage and taxes and health insurance and braces and diapers. Like life is expensive and, and you've got to be able to provide. And for some people, that's like, I got to make $400,000 a year. Some people, that's $40,000 a year. It's all relative. There's no right answer. It's just whatever is sufficient for you. And then the third P was purpose. Like, what if you could have a sense of doing something bigger than yourself most of the time? And I posed that question to my buddies, and both of them were like, dude, I don't think that exists. They're like, one, one job that allows you to do all three? Dude, that, that's so rare. Like, look at, a, look at a teacher. You know, their job's full of passion and purpose, but every summer they're looking for another job. They're looking for something else to do so they can make ends meet. Or look at a doctor. You know, they, they can provide but most of them are miserable and they're, they're stuck at work and they're dictating and just charting notes and dealing with malpractice issues. Like, I don't think you can find a job 
that allows you to do all three. And then my buddy was like, dude, it's so rare. And that instantly triggered that quote from Oscar Wilde. To live is the rarest thing in the world. For most people just exist. And two weeks after that conversation, I quit my job. I left everything. Man, I left the security, the stability, the benefits. I burned all of the ships. I announced on Facebook that I was choosing to live. And I jumped into the world of professional speaking full time. And it was the only career in my life that lit me, lit me on fire besides flying, you know, and I couldn't do that anymore. And uh, it was the job where I felt like I was doing all three of those P's. And I can honestly say still to this day, the day I quit my job was the day I started living. So maybe that's the day I became an adult. I don't know. (laughs) It's a pretty good answer. I really, really like that answer. Are you all right if I ask you a question off of your story? I apologize if, it's, if this yeah, is totally. your face yeah. is over here for me. So I'm, I'm trying to look here as much as I can for you. Yeah, you're um, good. You're good. But so um, for me, a, a bit of background about myself is I love writing music and, and creating. One of the things that you often hear about is like, you know, things like backup plans and then other times you hear the opposite side of the spectrum where it's like, well, instead of going to school, becoming a music teacher and then becoming a teacher and then hopefully eventually making that career decision work, you know, just the other option. It either seems like become a teacher and hope that at some point your plan works or like do what you did based off of your example and just say, you know what, forget it. I'm out. See ya. I'm going to go ride the party train of life and live it up, work hard and all that sort of thing. And, um, for me, a a big question is, is that third P is, is the profit or provide. I can't remember if it was the second or third. Yeah. to provide. Um, cause for me, it was like, well, I could quit my, I work at Walmart right? You know, a, a, a nine to five where I'm like, as soon as I'm done, that's great. I go home and I start working on my music. And I think, well, it would be so nice just to quit that all right now and just, you know, start making music. But the reality of me is like, well, I've got to pay for school. I want to move out of my house. I got to pay for that. I have no idea how any of this is going to work. So yeah. for you, when you left um, everything, how did you begin to overcome that hurdle or what would you say to someone like myself or many others who are thinking about living rather than existing how to kind of first get over that initial hurdle yeah brilliant question so here's the thing you can either live a life by design or you can live a life by default the power the miracle of what's going to make your dream a reality is in the details it's in getting super specific on what that dream looks like. Like so many people, they sit back and they're like, oh man, I just love to create music. I would love to be a musician. I'd love to own my studio one day. I'd love to just compose. And then I ask them, how, 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 how structured and detailed is your plan to make that a reality? Like to the T, like what are you doing tomorrow? What, what are you blocking out? Who are you mentoring with? Who are you chasing? Who are you modeling your business off of that is actually successful in this sphere and in the realm that you want to be successful in. 
I think a lot of people, they have these dreams. They have these ideas. I want to be a director. I want to be a film writer. I want to, I want to uh, write music. I want to build a house. I want whatever. I think so, so much of that reality comes into the details, being obsessive about the details. For example, here's a crazy story. Uh, you guys have seen the movie E.T. Have you seen E.T.? Yes. Yeah, like the little alien, right? Dude, most iconic. I think it's one of the best, greatest films of all time. Like, it's literally a masterpiece. Steve, Steven Spielberg killed it. Uh, John Williams killed it. That film, when it, when it came out, it knocked Star Wars off the charts. It became the number one movie, and it remained the number one movie in America for 11 years straight. Wow. Stayed there for 11 years. It grossed $6 billion in merchandising. Like, people that bought E.T. dolls. Like, crazy, right? And still to this day, it's like a perennial movie. It's, it's like something that you watch, and it's just like, oh, it's just, it's good. I, Honestly, E.T. scared the crud out of me as a kid. But it's an iconic film in that the magic is E.T. The magic is E.T. And the dude that created E.T., his name was Carlo Rambaldi. This guy's a genius. And Steven Spielberg, he went to Rick Baker. Uh, he went to Stan Winston, all of these like preacher creators. And he landed and stuck with Carlo Rambaldi because Carlo Rambaldi was obsessive about the details. Dude, he, he, he went through 300 different iterations of E.T. Like what he would look like, what, what his hands were like, you know, the, the, the length of his shoulders, uh, how, how are his hands going to move? And there's something really cool that I, I admire. Creature creators are brilliant. And I think they, they really paint a cool picture on how we, we answer this question that you posed. Get specific in designing the E.T., all creature, creature creators, they go through a process where they have the initial concept. What do you want to do? Like, what are you wanting to chase? And then it goes to illustrative design. They write it out. They plot out every little detail to some, some, to some extent, like, like, the, like the, the fingerprints in the fingers, the eyelids, the, I mean, the details. Get obsessive. You know, where do you want your studio to be one day? What kind of music do you want to compose? How much do you want to charge? Who, who's your market? Who, who do you want to write for? Why do you want to write? Like, like all of those details need to be written out and it needs to be methodical in how you're going to do that. And then, and then they, they go to uh, sculpting and they sculpt up this little maquette and then they actually get like this 3D image and then they build the mechanics. So cool, now you have an idea. It's on paper. How are you going to make it work? What's your budget? How are you going to get a website? How are you going to promote? Are you going to do Facebook ads? You're going to get it on TikTok. You're going to you're going to work with influence. Like what influencers? What what's what's the fuel to make it come to life? And then and then it goes to fabrication, and they put on the skin right, and it, it becomes a creature. It literally becomes something that's real. It's tangible. And I think that that really, if I look at my my business, my career, and how I have done that, I created the ET. I got obsessive about the details. I, I chose to live a life by design. And when you do that, you de-risk the situation. You de-risk the chance of failure. I feel like a lot of musicians or artists, 
they fail because they didn't take the time to design the ET, to make it fail-proof, to surround themselves with good people that were doing what they wanted to do so they could learn from them and expedite the mistakes. They didn't get obsessive enough about the details. They didn't budget. They didn't figure out the, the mechanics. They didn't create an iconic, not just a creature, but an iconic dream. And I think when you do that, you set yourself up to create something that is everlasting, something that will be remembered forever. Hello. If you're listening to this right now, that means you're currently listening to an episode of Adulting Decrypted. And let me just say thank you. My name's Ashton, one of the hosts of Adulting Decrypted, and I wanted to steal a quick second of your time to do a shameless little plug. If you've listened to our podcast for any sort of time, you know that we talk about a bunch of different stuff all about adulting. Because our goal is to help individuals in this task we call adulting. Now, we have just revamped the way that we do this. If you go to adultingdecrypted.com, you can see all of our episodes sorted out by category. We've sorted it into financial, practical, emotional, social, and things just for fun. So, if any of those categories are of particular interest to you right now, you can go onto the website, look through there, and see all of our episodes that correlate with that specific thing. This website's completely free to use. It's just another tool for our listeners to find things that are more important to them now. So, for example, if I was looking at it, I'd scroll through and say, hey, you know what? I want to see what the Adult Encrypted crew has talked about socially. Well, one of our first episodes, season one, episode three, how do I talk to people? That's where we talked about all how to talk to people. So if that's something you want right now, you can go find that right now. Also in this one, season three, episode 15, The Power of a Humble Mediator, where we talked to one of my old bosses about his business as a mayor, also as a small theater owner. Some really cool stuff. So if you're looking for a better way to organize through all your self-help podcasts, try adultingdecrypted.com and enjoy the rest of the episode. That's great. And you know, as you're going through it, I'm thinking about it. Like you're asking me these questions. I'm like, okay, like hypothetically, if I'm given answers, I think I had, I think I had some of them, but I know I don't have enough. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. And it's a process, right? You know, and I, I think that we, we create the ET little by little. Something I've always remembered. My mom taught me this when I was little. She said, Clint, little by little makes a little a lot. The coolest part about entrepreneurship and I think adulting and dreaming more while you're awake is that it matters. The hardest part is that it matters every day. Are you working on your dream every day? Are you doing something not just to compose or write music, but something to create the ET? Something that's laying a foundation that ultimately is going to allow you to do what you want to do. It's going to allow you to live, not just exist. We're we're just all dumbfounded. That that's so logical, but yet it's almost the hardest part. I think everyone's sitting back and they're like, "Did we just talk about ET for fifteen minutes? <laughs> <laughs> that just really happened." But not only did it did it just really happen, but but the the deepness of it. I think a lot of times people say, "Well, I'm a big picture guy, Clint." You know, I I just see big pictures. But I think that you just laid out to us what we really have to do to be intentional 
and break free from by default, right? I mean, that's that's you had the career path by default, right? You had the 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 good income, you had the stability, right? You were good at what you did, but to step back and say, wait a second, I designed this, and you and and it's not like you didn't think and map out ET for years or or because you said it was a process, right? I mean, it wasn't after your conversation with your friends, you had, you had done a lot of prep work. I think when I met you, you were actually in the prep work phase. We were both going through listening to a professional, how to be a better speaker, a presenter, right? That's when I first, first met you, um, in Jason with Jason Hewlett actually. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's how I got, you know, so, so you did the prep work. How many years did, did, did that take you to mold that model that after you kind of decided, you know, the uh, new you. I'm, I'm still modeling it. I'm still molding it. It's a continual process. I think it's a it's a sculpt that you're always refining. You're always tweaking. And uh, I think there's there's power in, you know, I think it can paralyze people, right? We we sit there and we obsess over the possibilities and we think, oh, OK, I'm not quite ready or oh, the website's not quite there. Or, and it will paralyze you to the point where you don't take action at all. And I feel like you do your best. You do what you, you can. You make sure it's still a quality product or a quality dream or a quality idea. You get obsessive about the details. You create that little maquette. But then eventually, you got to do lights, camera, action. <laughs> you you got you got you got to start filming. You got to start doing something. And I think as you do that, as you progress, something I've always remembered: God can't steer a parked car. God can't steer a parked car. And when you get moving, when you take action, you just go as far as you can see go as far as you can see. And usually when you get there, you're able to see further. And so I just kind of little by little, you know, I've got this idea, okay, let's give it a shot, test it in the market, bring in my board of mentors. What do they think? Let them tear it apart. Okay, we got to change this, let's tweak that. And just over time, it molds into something that is strong and proven. And hopefully on a business standpoint, profitable. Um, I know as we were preparing this, um, you mentioned, my dad mentioned you recently have a book that's being released, being put out. And um, I just wanted to ask, well, for a plug, I guess, for our listeners, but also um, can you tell us a bit what it's about and how it applies to the conversation we're having? Yeah, you guys are awesome. Uh, So yeah, I have a new book that just came out uh, all over the world. It's called I Love It Here. How great leaders create organizations their people never want to leave. And for the last uh, four and a half years, I have worked as the undercover millennial, uh, where I go undercover into organizations. It's kind of like undercover boss without the makeup. And I would go in as a millennial into a job looking for an employment. And I'd walk up to the first person I saw and I'd say, hey, I'm just thinking about applying. What's it like to work here? And they would tell me everything, (laughs) everything. And uh, we've worked with Uh, hundreds of organizations and thousands and thousands of employees that I've interviewed undercover. And the magic of the research is when an employee would say, I love my job. I love what I do here. You should apply. It's a great place to work. And then when that response would trend from employee to employee to employee, and we found out what great leaders were doing to help people live, not just exist, to help people while they're at work, not just survive, but actually thrive. You know, think about it, your job at Walmart. If that was like the place you never wanted to leave, if that was a place where you literally felt like you were seen, you were heard, you were understood, it was a place where, man, I just, I love coming to work. Most people can't say that. 
And our mission and goal is to help leaders create organizations that people never want to leave. Create organizations where people go, man, I like myself best because I'm here. And so much of that starts with leadership, managers, administrators, CEOs, executives. And yeah, so it's a, it's a cool, unique perspective. It's not another leadership book written by a, you know, a leadership guru. This is a book written by 10,000 employees who knew when their leaders were getting it right. And yeah, so that's the book. Check it out. It's on Amazon. Check it out. Audible as well as listening to it on the drive home. So I really, I love, I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. You're so welcome, you guys. I think it's so rad what you're doing. I keep it up. Let me know when the episode drops and I'd love to promote it and share it. And I think this is so cool. Little family affair, being best for, being the best for the world. It's, it's amazing. Thank you. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Adult and Decrypted. We really enjoyed having this week's conversation and we hope you did as well. If you ever want to comment on a topic, you can send us a message to our website, adultingdecrypted.com, our email, adultingdecrypted at gmail.com, or through our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn accounts at adultingdecrypted. If you have any topics for the show that you would like us to talk about, or if you are a parent and want us to talk about something your kids should know, send us a message on any of the accounts mentioned. If you'd like to be a guest or have an idea for someone you think we should have on our show, feel free to send us an email detailing your thoughts to adultingdecrypted at gmail.com. Adulting is teamwork. We have merch. If you want to show off your Adulting Decrypted pride, check out our website, adultingdecrypted.com, or our partner website with shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash adulting-decrypted. Lastly, if you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at Adulting Decrypted. Along with the benefits that come with our Patreon, and trust us, there are some pretty good ones in there, you will not only be helping us continue in the effort to make great content, but you will be part of a community of individuals all trying their best to adult. We appreciate you listening, enjoying, and leaving your positive reviews. Now, the special song from Gene and Gideon. Like an adult. Making a passion our career for the very first time. Like an adult. Finding the details in the ET. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Adult and Decrypted. We really enjoyed having this week's conversation, and we hope you did as well. If you ever want to comment on a topic, you can send us a message to our website, adultingdecrypted.com, our email, adultingdecrypted at gmail.com, or through our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn accounts at adultingdecrypted. If you have any topics for the show that you would like us to talk about, or if you are a parent and want us to talk about something your kids should know, send us a message on any of the accounts mentioned. If you'd like to be a guest or have an idea for someone you think we should have on our show, feel free to send us an email detailing your thoughts to adultingdecrypted at gmail.com. Adulting is teamwork. We have merch. If you want to show off your Adulting Decrypted pride, check out our website, adultingdecrypted.com, or our partner website with shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash adulting-decrypted. Lastly, if you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at Adulting Decrypted. 
along with the benefits that come with our Patreon, and trust us, there are some pretty good ones in there, you will not only be helping us continue in the effort to make great content, but you will be part of a community of individuals all trying their best to adults. We appreciate you listening, enjoying, and leaving your positive reviews. Now, the special song from Gene and Gideon.